0: Episode 74. Tony Hughes was currently ranked number one sales blogger globally by both Top Sales Magazine and Best Sales Blogger Awards. He was ranked as the most influential person in professional sales within Asia-Pacific by Top Sales World, and he currently ranked number three sales expert and thought leader globally by LinkedIn. Tony is also a best-selling author and the most-read person in LinkedIn on the topic of B2B sales leadership. He has more than 400,000 followers on his blogs. The American Management Association published his most recent book, Combo Prospecting. Tony has 30 years of corporate and sales leadership experience with underbroken personal and team sales records. Tony Hughes, what a great opportunity to talk with you. Hi.
1: Hi, Hayut. It's really good to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me.
0: It's a pleasure to have you. And I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today? And where are you heading?
1: The thing I'm most passionate about today, in business at least, is helping organizations solve their revenue problem. Revenue for every business is like airspeed. If you don't have enough airspeed, uh, all of the other controls just don't seem to work. And uh, everywhere I go around the world, every business is relentlessly pursuing growth. Every business is facing more and more competition. And the failure rates of uh, sellers, especially in the business-to-business market, is actually increasing. So my passion is about helping salespeople become successful and helping organizations sell with a real sense of purpose.
0: Where are you heading? Where are you going to take that?
1: Uh, Well, I've already published two books that have been business bestsellers. Um, Hmm. I do a lot of keynote speaking around the world. I was twice recently recognized as the number one blogger globally. On the topic of uh, sales. And uh, I also have been recognized by LinkedIn as the third most influential person in the world on the topic of B2B selling. Wow. So I'm going to move in the next few years from selling to leadership. But uh, in my view, uh, leading is all about influence. And I guess that's one way of really, really describing selling. I've heard marketing (laughs) described, if you know, in one word as creating perceptions. And I think selling is really about influence and uh, every leader needs to be able to influence.
0: Hmm, For sure. Tony, you've been doing that for a long time, dealing with selling, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I've been in professional selling for over three decades. I uh, I started as an entrepreneur in my own business in the manufacturing sector and uh, I then ended up, we actually sold our company. We had 85% market share for what we were uh, manufacturing. We sold that company Yeah. and uh, I ended up deciding to get into sales because I just felt I needed that skill. And um, I've ended up running companies at various times uh, and, and rose up through those companies through the sales ranks. And uh, I just think selling is an incredibly exciting profession that people can can really chase. And it equips them well to actually lead an organization.
0: I love the fact that you're talking about selling as a tool to lead and not only as a tool to make revenue, which is, of course, goes without saying.
1: Yeah, well, I certainly believe that that making revenue is the byproduct of the real goal. The real goal for every entrepreneur and salesperson in the world should be to make a positive difference in the lives of their customers, both personally and professionally in their customers' business. And if you make a positive difference, if you're solving serious problems for people, then the money will certainly follow. So one of the things that every marketer, salesperson, and entrepreneur needs to do is to really take themselves out of their own world and view what they do through the eyes of their customers.
0: You just stole my one (laughs) sentence.
1: I'm sorry. Oh,
0: (laughs) we have to fight over that. Wow. But it's such a great one, so it's yours. (laughs) You've been in sales for many years. I talk about marketing. I think marketing is all about looking at things from the point of view of the customers, but I love it so much when it comes from somebody that really focuses on selling and not only on marketing. Yeah, yes. You've been doing that for three decades. Do you see a major
1: change? Absolutely. There's uh, huge changes and there's increasing headwinds for everybody in business and sales and marketing. Buyers today are obviously well-informed, but I think they, uh, well, actually, they think they're well-informed. I think the reality is they tend to get confused and paralyzed by the amount of information Mm. that actually confronts them. But it's becoming increasingly difficult for sellers and marketers to cut through and actually get the attention of potential buyers. So it's never been more important uh, for any business to be very clear about what their ideal customer profile looks like. Uh, we need to adopt the view that not everyone in the world is a potential client. We need to know mm-hmm. what a great customer looks like. And then we need to think about the buyer personas within those customer organizations that form consensus for a decision to become our, our client. So we need to really un- understand uh, what drives those people. And increasingly today, too, we need to provide value in conversations well in advance of the the customer deriving value by becoming a client. So we need to think about how can we provide insights, how can we educate, how can we insert ourselves earlier in the buyer's journey and then become the emotional favorite because we were the one that educated. And it's uh, increasingly important today for people to adopt a very strong content-driven strategy in how they both market and sell. Marketers have always known that this is important, but marketing historically made the mistake of making the content all about them and what they do instead mm, of true. making it all, all about the customer. So aligning to buy a journey is, is really important. So content is king. But audience is queen. So so the best so the best businesses out there have not, a, not a, only been thinking about how do we create educational insightful content, but how do we also attract audience. And um I know for myself in my own business, I'm a really just a one man band consultancy. But, you know, uh as we record this, I've managed to build uh over three hundred thousand followers of my blog in, in, inside LinkedIn, you know, plus my blogs on my website. But I did that by writing uh, about um, 500 original pieces of, uh, of, of content in the last sort of three, three years or so. So writing good content is not easy, but if we truly understand our buyer and what drives them and uh, we know what outcomes they're seeking to achieve, you know, where they see their risks, and the metrics by which they really measure their businesses, it, it it'll help it'll help inform us. And the challenge I put out there for anybody in sales is that increasingly today, if you can't write, you're going to struggle to be able to sell because we're increasingly in a digital world. We need to get onto the phone with people, absolutely. But uh, often the precursor to having that phone call is is what we do digitally because three quarters of buyers research us online before they choose to respond to some level of outreach. That we've sent them.
0: Sure. Tony, who are your customers today? Who are you focusing on and who do you talk with?
1: Yeah, so one of the things I learned in my own business was to focus on larger customers. Um, every Every person listening to this should be thinking to themselves, How do I elevate the quality of the conversations I'm having within target organizations? But then at another level, how do I elevate to get larger uh, organizations as clients? Because the cost of sale and the cost of marketing, whether we're selling to a small Mm. business or a large business, is pretty much the same. That's right. Yeah, so I've focused on large clients. So I've got clients such as Salesforce. Uh, who do the customer relationship management and customer experience <laughs> sure. software globally? I, I do. I'm about to jump on a plane tomorrow and fly up into Asia to uh, to run uh, multi-day workshops for hundreds of their sellers. Oh, Flight Center Travel Group is another client of mine globally. But I, I work with large global brands, and a lot of my clients are in the technology and uh, and services sectors.
0: So though most of them are not only technology. They're also quite young. We are talking compared to very traditional uh, companies. Although I guess, uh, are you working with a lot of companies like Salesforce and others that are quite young, being yeah, is a big company.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm working with other companies that have that have been ran for many decades as well. And the journey okay. that they're seeking to go on is, you know, how do they modernise the the way that they that they go to market? How do they become better aligned with their clients? How do they align their sales processes with the customers' buying process? So, uh, I certainly work with a range of organizations.
0: You know, we are talking to entrepreneurs and startup founders mainly. There are a lot of small business owners as well, but mainly either one band show or a small group of people that's starting out. And I want to ask you what is your best advice to any entrepreneur about the concept of attracting your customers or how should you approach your customers?
1: Yeah, so so my advice to, to anybody is to stop focusing on who we are and what we do and how we do it. If you look at most organizations' websites, that's basically, you know, what it says. This is who we are. Are This is what we do. This is how it all works. The reality is, is we need to focus on, on the other person. We need to first lead with why we believe a conversation with us should matter to them. So we need to change the focus to be all about the opportunities or problems that the the potential customer is facing um and and we need to attract them into conversations with us than rather than trying to push so um you know make it all about them not about us and the reason that's important is it's only the customer that's truly qualified to call something you know a solution it's only the customer that's really qualified to define what the business case or the benefit would be in working with us so We definitely need to have what I call a hypothesis of value. We need to not be arrogant and sort of proclaim what we think benefits are. We need to say, you know, hey, in working with other organizations similar to yours, that these are some of the common problems we saw them facing or opportunities that they that they could take advantage of. And Mm -hmm. we've seen clients achieve these kind of results. Um, You know, does this sound like it's relevant to you? Would it make sense to have a conversation so So we can do it with a level of humility, but we need to make it about them and their world, not about us and our product and what we do.
0: I totally agree. I think one of the challenges that entrepreneurs are facing is that many times they are dealing with things or with markets that are not exist yet. I always smile when I say that, but you can't see it (laughs) because the market is not exist. But somebody is doing something with the one minute and one dollar we want them to give us. However. What entrepreneurs are facing is that very often, people or companies are not talking about their future plans and new technologies. And very often, it's very difficult to find out what problems do they have with the things that they're struggling with and didn't come out yet. And the other thing is that the diversity of problems is getting bigger and bigger. How, How do they solve that?
1: Yeah, so if I've understood the question correctly, maybe as an example, you know, we certainly know that people like Steve Jobs of Apple fame and Elon mm-hmm. Musk are, are people who went and created a vision for what the future could be for clients. So they they really defined a new market and went and educated and carved out that market. Now, Now, the reality is, for most people who want to pioneer a brand new market, if you think back to you know, a couple of hundred years ago when when pioneers would, would head off into the frontier with a horse and a wagon, the reality is most of the pioneers died. Um, you know, they faced incredibly hostile environments and they went through all of the pain and suffering of pioneering and, and very few made it. It's the settlers that come along later and really prosper. So you know, we all know with um, you know the concept of crossing the chasm. I think with Jeffrey Moore's book was the author. But sure. you know what what we want to do is is cross the chasm and then really make money. You know, with those uh, early adopters and fast followers. So my view is that alignment is far more uh, effective than evangelism. So we can hmm. we can try and evangelize and convert people's thinking. My view is that's slow. It's expensive, it frustrates us, it annoys other people, and the yield rate is very low. Now, you know, I know that sounds negative.
0: Tony, you are talking to my entrepreneurs. (laughs) They're all trying to change the world, or most of them. Are you saying that as pioneers, they're going to (laughs) die? Because I think there are a lot of tools in marketing. As I said, people do exist. And it's not really a totally new land that nobody knows. Perhaps you're using a different technology, but you are solving problems of people that we can find out how they behave and what do they need. It's just more complicated to just go and ask or talk about their competitors.
1: Well, let me let me really challenge that though. So, So my view is you'd better have a very good tool with a compelling business case attached to it If you want to break through the noise. So we all know that there's there are thousands, certainly well over a thousand different marketing tools. If you look at the chief marketing officer in an enterprise, there's well over a thousand organizations that would see him and his or her and her organization as a potential prospect. And they're all trying to break through. And the reality is as excited as we get about our little widget that does this thing better than other people's, (laughs) the truth for them is they've got a limited budget, they've got limited hours in the day, and they can't entertain conversations with a thousand different entrepreneurs that all think that their thing is exciting. So they have to prioritize. And here's the scary thing. In big organizations, which is where we need to sell into to make our, our entrepreneurial endeavors successful, getting bigger and bigger clients... The thing that drives those bigger organizations at a commercial level is they're seeking more and more value from fewer and fewer suppliers because every one of those supplier relationships costs them money and time to manage, and it dilutes their spending power, and it adds a whole level of complexity into their business and how they integrate all of these different things together. So I know we get excited about our thing, but again, we've got to get into the world of our customer. Is this really compelling? So most entrepreneurs don't make it, right? So there's a lot of reasons why. Definitely.: If anybody listening to this who is an entrepreneur or a seller or marketer and they want to succeed, you've got to get into the world of your customer. You've got to validate that you solve a serious problem, and that there is a compelling business case around that organization changing. If you aggregated all of the CRM data from around the world and all the different customer relationship management systems, And did a snapshot of all of the qualified deals that were in the forecast in business to business selling. And then you went back a year later and did a win loss review. The thing you would find is, depending on the industry, anywhere from 25% to a third of the lost deals are just lost to do nothing. And I would argue if you're on the bleeding edge of startup Mm. technologies and solutions, the the sort of do nothing competitor is as high as 80%. So it's just so important that we understand what's the business case for change. That's right. What business results is the customer going to achieve if they start working with us? Just because we've got something that's sexier or a bit easier or a bit faster is not in of itself a compelling business case.
0: Wow, I totally agree. I just uh, really think and we know that you can only approach the bigger customers after you already made your first um, steps in this business world. You can't start from them. I know you've got a lot of successes, and we'll talk about them in a minute, but I would like to ask you to share with us what was your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial or business journey the most?
1: yeah well, the thing for me is when I was twenty five uh, we sold that manufacturing business in australia and i took I took the business to the u s a and uh I was convinced in my own mind that I'd be a you know a multimillionaire by the time I was thirty um i remember I remember when mm-hmm. I learned to fly as a pilot before my flying instructor oh. let me loose to go solo because I was ready to go solo in club record time, but I was young. Uh, and he was nervous about me. And he asked me the question, hey, Tony, before you go solo, um, tell me what's the definition of confidence? And I thought about it and said, well, uh, I guess confidence is when skill and experience comes together, you can be confident. And he just he just shook his head laconically and said, uh, no, no. He said, confidence is the feeling you have just before you understand the situation. And then he, he went on to tell me how mm. most dead pilots uh, are dead because they were wrongly confident. And uh, that was my experience in going to America in business is, uh, you know, I felt confident. Hmm. But the truth is, my confidence was misplaced. And I think every entrepreneur, when they start out, is excited and confident that, that they're not going to be one of the, the, the statistics, that they are going to be, the, sure. you know, they're going to succeed but um, you know, what I realized is I hadn't done enough market research. I'd undervalued the importance of being able to sell. And uh, when I came back from America to Australia uh, a few years later, that was what prompted me to get into sales because I thought we're getting paid royalties for 12 years as part of selling the company here. I, I had a non-compete during that period. And I thought, well, I need to go and learn how to sell anyway. Uh, it's a skill I didn't have. And I recognized that any entrepreneur needs it the thing i say about selling is the skill that nobody wants and yet everyone needs <laughs> everyone needs her to be able to sell because selling is really influencing so uh, so that was really that's what really got me into sales so so that was my, my biggest failure and i think i hadn't done enough research and i undervalued the importance of selling
0: wow it's amazing because the way i looked at you i thought you were born a sales person.
1: No, as, as scary as it sounds, I was the opposite. I was I was quite introverted. So selling for me has been something that's uh, really knocked, you know, the sort of edges off me. It's knocked out of me my own hang-ups. So I, I think hmm. every single entrepreneur, oh, actually, I think everyone in life should go and spend some time in sales because it'll get rid of their hang-ups it'll force them to get good at telling relevant true stories for people and setting a vision, helping someone build a business case, understanding the importance of navigating politics, being able to communicate effectively both verbally and in writing, you know, the importance of building your personal brand. Everybody should get into yeah. sales because it does all of those things and it'll it'll equip you for no matter what you end up doing, whether it's leading a company, working in administration, in marketing, any sort of profession, we all need to be able to communicate and influence people.
0: You know, I love that so much, because actually, you were struggling with this issue of selling, which I think most of the people are struggling with. And you became to be a very, very good seller. So I think A lot of our uh, listeners, which don't want to deal with this issue of selling, Mm. most of them afraid of selling or sometimes even worse, they're too confident to sell. They know what people need and they're going by this, confident with knowing everything about everyone. And I love your story because that's what you faced while going to America, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Now I would like to come to the success part, which is much fun, and ask you about your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus, or something that you did right about approaching your customers.
1: Yeah, well, there's, there's a really common um, attribute of, of a highly successful business or sales engagement. And the common attribute is a sense of purpose in making a difference in the lives of customers and then being completely focused on them and their outcomes and risks rather than us. So uh, I've been fortunate enough or blessed enough to be in the top 5% uh, everywhere I've ever worked in sales. I've led companies, I've run regions, Hmm. the Asia-Pacific region for global multinationals where we were Number one by by a long way, um, and, wow. it, and it's all about rallying people around a common sense of purpose and with passion about the difference that you make, so you know that that's really the biggest thing And in, and in more recent times, probably my, my greatest success is being able to build my own personal brand to the level that I've been able to do. It's extremely hard to get cut through in social media in a very crowded digital world, but That's right. you know what I learned is being the authentic you. Um, and being willing to give your IP away is absolutely a way of attracting people to you. Uh, you know, it's both altruistic but also self serving. If you give the good content away, you attract people, which is what we're all trying to do in business anyway.
0: Wow. But now I want a story one that you felt that you succeeded. I know about myself that there are three points in my long business life that I said, yes, I made it. And I want one story about you, that you really knew that you succeeded.
1: Yeah, so my so my second uh, book, my most recent book, is called Combo Prospecting. And it's really about how do you break through to the, to the people you want to go and help. Uh, because uh, the, the failure rate in selling is astronomically high today and people wrongly misinterpret being ignored they misinterpret that as being rejected. And the truth is being ignored mm-hmm. and being rejected are two different things. We should embrace a genuine no because it's liberating. Living in false hope about someone who may be interested when the reality is they're, they're never going to buy. If you've got false mm-hmm. hope in your pipeline in business, you're in trouble. So uh, when I wrote Combo Prospecting, uh, I was looking for the right publisher to publish it. And I, I ran a combo prospecting campaign oh. uh, at, at the American Management Association, um, Amicon. They've since been acquired by HarperCollins. But, uh, but I just ran a sales campaign where I, I identified three different publishing houses that I thought would be right for me. I got onto LinkedIn Sales Navigator, identified the key people. I put myself in their shoes. I thought, what are the metrics that they're measured by? You know, they need to take on books that they know will be successful that'll make money for their publishing house. Um, you know, I need to find common connections that can give me an introduction because introductions or referrals, as some people call them, are very important because they start a relationship with trust. And then I was monitoring for trigger events because trigger events can start a conversation with the right context. So, for example, a new person into a role is almost always looking for some early wins and to affect change. So I was monitoring for new senior people into the right publishing houses where I had an introduction um, and I ran, a, basically what I teach in the book Combo Prospecting, I ran a campaign and secured the right publisher. So that'd <laughs> so that be an example of a success.
0: And I'm waiting to the end, to the story. How did it happen? How did you succeed?
1: Yeah, so two of the three offered me a contract and I, I ended up selecting uh Amacom was
0: how the whole thing worked. Wow. I love this story. It's a beautiful story.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank
0: you. I would like to ask you whether you have any recommendation of the best or most effective technological or digital tool that related to customer focus, marketing or sales. I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for the tools that the successful people the successful entrepreneurs are using. So I'm asking you, what
1: works for you? Okay, so I'm going to give you two tools. One, one will be obvious, and uh, one, believe it or not, you've inspired me. This is the first time I've ever I'm ever going to tell anybody about this secret tool I've been using to build my brand.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing it with us. <laughs> really.
1: <laughs> so for those for those listening to this, you might just get your pen out or get your keyboard ready. But the first one is, if you're an entrepreneur in business, as soon as you can, invest in a proper CRM and marketing automation platform. Um,
0: Oh, I didn't think you're going to say anything (laughs) else. Working with Salesforce, okay?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I don't, I don't work for them, but they are my customer. But but they, they're certainly the market leader. So, if you want to be truly customer centric, and if you want to support, you know, end to end customer lifecycle. Um, and execute campaigns and be all about delivering great customer experience for people as early as you can in your business as soon as you can afford it put in a proper crm and marketing automation and support system and i'd certainly without hesitation recommend salesforce mm-hmm. um but there's others out there but you know they're obviously the market leader um and the next thing is here's this secret tool i haven't told people about um Uh, For content curation in being able to work with other people's content and share it across multiple uh, social channels to start to create audience and even for your own content that you're writing to load it all up into this tool, which will schedule it and publish it out across all of the channels. So, for example, when I'm up in Asia this week running a course for about 140 salespeople, while I'm consumed in those two days doing that. I will have dozens and dozens and dozens of pieces of content all published automa- automated in the background for me. Oh. Uh and the tool I use is called Social B. Social B, B-E-E, Social B, bee, B-E-E, social bee, as in Busy B, but a social B.
0: Wow. I I've never heard of that, yeah.
1: You've never heard of it. Very few people have. Uh the the managing director, CEO is a gentleman called O V, O V-I. But uh, have a look at Social B. It's a brilliant product. Uh, anyone who's serious about digital marketing and social marketing and building good brand and creating engagement, it's absolutely an incredible tool. Uh, and uh, I pay for the tool myself. I don't get it for free, and I'm happy to pay. And I, I recommend it to the clients I work with.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I'm definitely going to look at it, and we are going to put the link in the show notes for your interview, so anybody can try it and see what you're talking about. so thank you so much. You know there are so many factors that affect our successes. however, I do believe that uh, anyone has one or two unique factors that really help them and I want to ask you what is your key success factor what Made
1: it for you? The first thing is we must be a true believer in what we're doing. If you don't truly believe that you make a positive difference for customers, if you don't truly believe in the integrity of your own company and in the value you provide, you shouldn't be there. So the first thing is we need a high level of belief in what we're doing. The second thing is we need to be very good at creating value for people, value in conversations and value that could be expressed in a business case for someone changing the way that they're doing things. And then the third thing is we have to be good at building trust. No business is done unless there's trust, and the pace at which business gets done depends on the level of trust. So, so be a true believer, create value, real genuine value for people, and make sure that you can build trust. And if those three things are there, belief value and trust, um, then you find alignment with people and business becomes much easier and then you create the momentum that you need.
0: (laughs) Thanks. Wow. You've chosen three, but okay, I'll go with that. (laughs) And my final question before asking you what is the best way to connect with you and to contact you is my mountain question. And as I always tell my uh, listeners, um, I always imagine this journey of um in the mind of the consumer or customer as climbing a mountain from searching and understanding it and then finding the best way and then going from peak to peak i always imagine it as climbing a mountain and i love to ask my guests and i ask you did you ever climbed a mountain and i'm talking about a physical mountain or wished to climb a mountain do you have any connections or relationships with mountains
1: uh well i've i've climbed the highest mountain in australia but having said that australia doesn't really have mountains (laughs) by north american or european standards right so yeah that's uh, right we're we're, i think we're one of the oldest continents and most geologically stable continents in the world so (laughs) but i did just have five weeks in europe with my family holiday of a lifetime my son is uh twenty two, my daughter's nineteen. And uh we just had a huge holiday and we spent some time in Lucerne in Switzerland and got up on two of the big mountains around Lucerne and uh I've never seen such amazing beauty. It was just absolutely stunning. So uh you know the the view at the top is always great. We didn't hike up them, we took cable cars. Okay. But but we did do a little bit of walking. So um You know, my my sport I'm passionate about is cycling. So I certainly love climbing, you know, very big hills or mountains. Um, You know, it's all about finding a rhythm where you can suffer well. It's amazing (laughs) how how it gets the blood pumping and and gets your mind thinking. Um, But uh, yeah, so that's probably my mountain story.
0: Wow. Thank you for this story. Tony, what is the best way to connect with you and to contact you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch?
1: Yes. So the best way, I guess, to to easily connect with me is inside LinkedIn. So if you just search for Tony Hughes in LinkedIn, uh, you should be able to find me. Uh, Feel free to send me a connection request, but importantly, follow my blog. So then you'll hopefully, depending on how uh, LinkedIn keep changing the algorithm, but you should get notified when I (laughs) publish articles. Um, uh, and then I've got two websites, uh, Tony Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, TonyHughes.com.au is my public speaker and publisher website uh, mm-hmm. as an author. And uh, there's podcast interviews. This There'll be a link to this podcast once we've got it published as well as your own site. Uh, and then my sales methodology website is RSVPselling.com. So they're the best ways to reach me.
0: That's great. We'll have all these links in the show notes. Tony, I would like to thank you so much. It has been fascinating to talk with you and to hear about your journey, really. And I love that. So thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Hayut. And uh, it's amazing what a small world it is. I I love being on the program. Thank you so much.
0: Hmm, Thanks and take care. Bye bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.